in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everyone welcome to a brand new episode of the top 10 show live for our patrons i am the outlaw john roca joined as always by matt nost how are you matt uh i am uh, i'm good um i had the youtube page open so i was getting an echo of the song back and forth that's why i looked kind of lost in initially i was like where the why am i getting two intro songs uh, I didn't realize I needed to mute that. Uh, just trying to because we can't get the chat from YouTube over on our streaming service. So I just wanted to basically see that that was up and running, just like yep. I'm sure you were doing the same thing. Yep. Uh, but I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. Excited to be doing this, man. I mean, it's our first time we're trying this out. This is a trial episode to see if we can start doing this as an extra perk for our $10 and above patrons. We're going to be recording the show live with you all. I see so many of you in the chat already. Johanna's uh, in here. Josh Sachs is in here. Colson's in here. Uh, Robert Carney, Embrace Your Geekness. Happy birthday to you, by the way. Michael Dyke. So you patrons at the $10 above level will be able to kind of send in your chat and comment as we're going. Going along. If this goes well, then our plan is to do it twice a month. And uh, you guys are going to get this episode five days ahead of everyone else who gets it who is not a $10 mm -hmm. and above patron. And it's our way to kind of induce other people to either elevate themselves from the five or one dollar to the ten dollar or bring in new people to start off at the ten dollar and above level, right? Matt? Yeah, and also, you know, is a way to, to create you know, more uh, value for, for the yeah. people that are already supporting us and trying to, you know, we had golden ticket. We've done, uh, we do topic thunder. Yeah. Uh, we've done uh thunderdome way back when we've done, mm. like we try and generate more shows and whatnot. So we're just trying to figure out basically what you guys enjoy, what you don't. And yeah. we winnow down from there and just streamline the process. Hopefully you enjoy this. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what the chat has to say. Uh, if there's a coin flip, we're talking about maybe bringing somebody in for the coin flip. Yeah, yeah. We um, might bring in people live. If anyone has a set of bongos, Matt, maybe they'll be brought in live yep. to do the bongos for us. Uh, much like we what we do at our regular live shows, we will simulate a version of that on these shows uh, twice a month uh, going forward if this goes well. Yeah, just try and, I don't know, spice things up a little bit. Yeah. Interact with the people uh, some more. Uh, we yep. enjoyed that so much from Golden Ticket. Why not kind of extend it over into? Because we're not going anywhere anytime soon doing this show. Yeah. Uh, much as we would like to, you know, that's just not in the cards. Uh, At least for 20, 2021. Well, hopefully we'll see in 2022 what happens. But yeah, it'll be a bit for sure. Yeah. I'm <laughs> still, I go on the Washington Post and I look at the uh, 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 vaccine tracker and they're like, yeah. you know, 13 and a half percent of the overall population. And I'm still, it's still like 80% more until it gets to when I can have it. So it's like, yeah. ah, I'm not doing shit for a while, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, same old song and dance. I, I talked to a friend yeah. of mine the other day that I hadn't talked to probably since right around when this all started. And oh, wow. It's like a, Hey, how you been type of thing? Cause I, he's huge into hockey. And I, did you know this? They keep, uh, uh, 
emergency goalies. Yeah, didn't that happened? I think last year they actually legitimately brought a dude like, out of the stands uh, or had been like way down on the bench as an assistant coach or something like that, yeah. and he was their emergency goalie. Came onto the ice and played. Yeah, yeah, it's like a one I I just randomly stumbled upon. I don't even know how I did it on YouTube. Yeah, and it was those guys. Like one guy was an equipment manager, another kid was in college, uh, and it just they get a one day contract. They maintain their amateur status. Yeah. Uh, but they get the jersey, they get the contract itself, and they also get the story. And I was like, what a great idea. And it's open to either team. If either team needs this person, yeah. he is a free agent. It's basically like all-time quarterback when you were a kid right, who right, I could right. throw the ball the best. It's like this guy fills in. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I text him. And then eventually he just came to, hey, how you been? It's like, I, <laughs> I don't. Anytime into that, that phrase is now meaningless. Oh, what yeah. you been up to? Fucking <laughs> the exact same thing I've been doing for eleven months. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. no difference whatsoever. So I, I, we're, I think we crossed that line where it's gone from like where okay, those of us who can ha- who are like this is great. I'm at home working from home doing whatever. Now it's gotten to the point, even though Lindley and I still go out and grab food or whatever, or occasionally go outdoor to a restaurant down here in San Diego because it's a little more lax down here. Uh, now she's gotten to the point like, well, we can't actually go travel anywhere. We can't actually go to certain places, go to a concert, go to a movie theater, go to these things that kind of like allow you to feel a little bit more connected to humanity. And and I think this is starting to get to us, you know, for sure. I mean, I know Lindley's been at times she's been a little down on things because she just kind of wants to go out into nature. And it's not always the easiest thing because you see people walk around with no masks, what not practicing social distancing, mm-hmm. just being utter fools about it. So you have to kind of wait till this whole thing kind of plays itself out. So we crossed that line now where it was cool. And now it's a little bit like uh, it's getting a little frustrating finally for us as well. Uh, yeah, it ebbs and flows. Yeah, for you? I've had, uh, in one year's time, I've had three bad days. Wow, that's not bad. No. Well, for one year. But I mean, three days where I turned into almost a toddler and just like, ah, like just, <laughs> I am sick of it. And within, you know, within a couple hours, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. With needing to vent, but there have been three. Which is like this stupid situation that and just <laughs> can't, I can't do something simple because the process is just too difficult to do that simple thing. Yeah. Even, yeah, yeah. And and it's still plausible and just like, oh, I have to go and do this and then this and then this, and it's gonna take off oh, uh yeah, but only three that I can think of where I flat out was like, I'm done. Yeah. Uh but everything else, I don't know. You're just like, eh, I, I'm healthy. Uh, you know. I'm not uh, starving. I'm not in Texas right now, freezing my ass off. Yeah, yeah. It's like there. It could be a lot worse, and that's what I try and remember each and every time. But it's you know, it's right. frustrating, just like it is for everybody else. Well, I mean, speaking of Texas, shout out to Ed Buskirk. He just told us, "Rock on, how is everyone? We just got electricity back here in Texas, just in time." So, Ed, thank you for joining us. As soon as your power came back on, you're immediately uh, turning to the top <laughs> 10 show. Priorities, my man. Priorities. I, I, I love it. We're asking you to not use appliances to try and limit your power grid. But Ed's like, I mean, how much power does my laptop really take? <laughs> I got to watch this top 10 live, I, uh, I've been staring <laughs> at my walls for three days. <laughs> um, I love it. 
I love it. Uh, people are already speculating uh, about our list today. Of course, we're oh, talking about the top 10 uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Matt, already in the in the chat, people are speculating where we're going to put certain movies. It's hilarious. Yeah, I'm sure. And we haven't done this one in oh, like, God. What was it, three or four years yeah, since we've done least, an MCU. At least. And there's been um, quite a few additions since that yeah. last show. So we we're like, ah, yeah. why not? What's old is new again. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it, it's been a bit for sure. It has, and and it also seems like one. It'd be a good one for the chat. Yeah, people would de- definitely have opinions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, keep it lively, keep it fun. <laughs> what do you feel like? What do you feel now? I mean, like Wandavision has started, so that's essentially the beginning of Phase Four. So, how do you feel now? Looking back on the, what they've been able to do since 2008, I mean, it, it's such a it's a completely different world. And even before COVID came around, it completely changed the world. It's it's been a completely different world in terms of cinematic um, movies since 2008. It's this superhero genre that has absolutely owned the theaters for the last uh, what yeah. 13 years. It's I mean, insane. It gives Scorsese fever dreams every oh, night. Yeah. Just ah. Yeah. Him and Coppola texting wait. each other at 4 a.m. Exactly. <laughs> Guy's wearing a leotard. <laughs> um, the other day I watched a documentary called Doomed on okay. the final four, the Corman final four movie that never got released. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's with the all the actors, the production staff, directors, casting. Right. And just talking about the process of they thought they were making a good movie and it with all the the people discussing it, whatnot, they genuinely did. They they gave their all. Yeah. Uh, no one is shirking like the oh, I know we were making a stupid movie. They're no, we're actively trying and doing the best we can. Right. But right. to know that there was a time when that was a superhero movie. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And now it is the number one box office draw, hands mm-hmm. down. Like nothing generates more than Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's beyond its own cottage industry. It has become the overall industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really impressive. Yeah. And they keep churning out interesting content all these years later. Like WandaVision is a deviation, but it's intriguing. Yes, yes, very much so. And, and, and that's what they had to do, Matt. I mean, I think that's what has been so incredible about Marvel is, yes, I know people can say, oh, it's the same villains or same kind of, they don't make have the best villains and what have you, but they, like, don't. they are still pushing the boundaries or reinventing themselves depending on who's coming in to direct the movie. Black Panther was incredible for what it did, getting nominated for three Oscars. Then you turn around and get Captain Marvel, a female-led uh, uh, superhero movie that makes over a billion dollars. Uh, and then you turn around and you've got WandaVision, which is completely different from what they did. Doctor Strange was different from what they'd done before. So there have mm-hmm. been moments where they've kind of taken the chances. Guardians of the Galaxy really was the first like kind of departure from yeah. the standard superhero presentation that we'd seen in the past. And so it's just it's phenomenal to see Kevin Feige understand and read the market successfully and read the consumer successfully enough to be able to present so many different approaches to these heroes and make them work. And after one division, we have Falcon and Winter Soldier in March. We have yeah. Loki. We have so much more Moon Knights coming as well. We've got Secret Invasion down the road. All kinds of stuff happening now to expand the universe out even more. And both mm-hmm. film and TV, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, the 
Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm not excited for that one. Hopefully mm. it's good. I'll watch it if it is good, but I'm not that excited for that one. Wow. Okay. Um, but Loki looks very interesting. Yes, it does. Yeah. And then Moon Knight, I know nothing of. Really? So, oh, okay. No, I, it was, I mean, I have broad strokes understanding. Right, 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 right. I can visualize what the character is. I know a little bit of the backstory, but I never read the comic. So mm-hmm. I don't have any working understanding of it. And that, that came out long after I stopped reading comics. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't really know anything about Deadpool all that much outside right. of people putting comic book panels and, and whatnot up. I knew he liked chimichangas. I knew he told <laughs> jokes. He had a thing for the Golden Girls. like, But it's broad strokes. You don't know the character at that point. Right. right. Uh, but they're still wildly successful. So Mood Knight, from what I know, sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. It's, I mean, the trailers look fantastic. And it's coming, I think, two weeks after the last episode of uh, WandaVision. So it'll be right there. And then two weeks later, boom, March, I think March 13th, 18th, something like that, right? The same, oh, March 19th, the same weekend that um, Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out. Falcon and Winter Soldier starts its first episode. So it's uh, it's an interesting battle you're going to be having on a Friday. I'm just marking off that entire day to just watch both of those things for sure. So we shall see. It looks it looks fantastic. Snyder has what? Two versions of color and a gray version coming out? Yeah, I don't know if he's got the gray. Uh, yeah, the gray version. I don't know if the gray version is going to come out at the same time. But sure. yeah, that new one, that he, yeah, the trailer that just dropped a few days ago. <laughs> it's very, very, as you said, a lot of color in that one. Um, but there is the possibility of the black and white one coming out as well. Did so, you, did yeah. you see the Mortal Kombat trailer? Uh, no, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. I'm okay. gonna watch it a little bit later. I don't know how I feel about it. Really? Okay. I mean, it looks like a vast improvement over. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's not. I mean, that's setting the bar incredibly low. All yeah. you need to be better is this schlock. Be like, well, you're, and they've got some good actors in it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, I don't know. I hope yeah. it's good. It'd be fun. Right. Right. But at this, you know, at the same time, it's like, okay, it seems also hokey a little bit. Oh, there's still, it, from the trailer, you sense that it's still a little hokey. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Like 90s so, hokey or? So, well, hokey in this. Okay. So, you know, how, like Prometheus, they go around and yeah. they find the cave paintings and whatnot from all different millennia. Yeah. <clears throat> so they have something similar in the trailer to that and be like, Throughout civilizations, everybody has this every like there's this uh, quote unquote, you know, tournament of champions or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's something that's been passed down over the ages, but ancient civilizations knew about it. And now they're basically the tradition is starting again or the tournament Mm -hmm. is starting again. But I was Mm -hmm. like, really? Like it's so everybody's had their tournament of champions, but then some of the effects look really cool. I don't know. I am. Right. It's a paper thin premise for a video game as is mm-hmm. to flesh it out to a movie is always going to be a little bit difficult. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I mean, look at they turn pirates into the Caribbean of, of the Caribbean from a a ride into a billion dollar franchise. So it's yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Uh, possible, for sure. Yeah. We've done it. Peter Jackson has stretched out <laughs> paper thin premises into seven movies before. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let that go. I'm sorry. The Hobbit pamphlet yeah. was. Pam- that's no pamphlet. That thing is like 365 pages. Hey, is it? Why don't you do a quick Google search and see oh, the length no. of The Hobbit? 
I think you might be stretching it. Although it could be it's 365 compared to the massive codices, you know, the Encyclopedia Britannica's of the other Lord of the Rings. You know, uh, 304 pages. 304, 304 pages. So I was close. Okay. I was close. I was close. Okay. Yeah. But that's, that's in essence, I believe that's shorter than Jurassic Park. Jurassic Fair Park enough. is one movie. I also think, you know, you can do, I also think you can do, uh, you know, every hundred pages is one movie. What's wrong with that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, if there's enough action to justify. Action. Listen to this one over here. Action. Oh, okay. well, okay. Action, story, compelling drama. There wasn't much action in the, in those first Lord of the Rings movies. That first movie is just everyone running across a mountain for a fucking three and a half hours. It was ridiculous. Well, there's not a lot of action in that first movie. But they have to set up the interplay and all the characters of these nine individuals because we're going to spend another seven hours with them after this. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a TV show. <sighs> look at look at Game of Thrones. They, they had to set up for so long, and then when it broke, it was worth it. Yeah. So I think it that is the case, whereas in The Hobbit, it's like, I don't know that we need... Yes, the band of individuals is as large, but yeah, everything that transpires afterwards isn't as fulfilling for this guy, at least. That's fair. Uh, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, whatever they that may be. Yeah. And some, well, some opinions are, you know, more correct in this regard than others. And that's fine. Sure. sure. Colson uh, trying to be a smart ass saying the third movie is like five pages of the book. No, it isn't Colson. It's the last 60 pages of the book. Get real. Jesus. Do you know got, that for a fact? Because you finally got a question this wrong. before. Yeah, I will defend this stance multiple times. I've defended this stance. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I mean, the scripts uh, that are two hour movies are 120 pages, right? Ish, so, yeah. you know, yeah. So, you know, maybe he embellished a little bit. Look, they took a pamphlet that was Shawshank Redemption and turned it into a two and a half hour movie. So, you know, sometimes it's OK to expand out from the world that's been presented in a yes. story in a book. You know? Yes. But did they turn? That that pamphlet into the equivalent would be two movies for The Hobbit. Mm. They turned 300 pages into three movies that is incredibly long. So however long Shawshank was, it was a short story. But that would be the equivalent, I guess, of turning into two movies. It's like, I don't know if we need to spend this much time with. So it's 15 minutes of him crawling through shitty pipe. Would you have, would you have had that. an issue if they had a sequel to Shawshank Redemption? Yes. You, you would what? have had an issue to a sequel? Well, Okay. It depends on how good the movie was, but why does that movie need a sequel? I'm just it, saying it doesn't in Mexico necessarily, but what they could gotta, be. They got to break back in to get their friends out of jail. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so it's prison break. And he goes in. He's got these all fully tatted. I never What's watched that show. What's the name? Uh, I never watched that show. It wasn't my jam. Went uh, something Miller, wasn't it? The actor is that what you're trying oh, to Went, do? Oh, yeah, Wentworth, Wentworth Miller, I think, was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, other guy who played the devil in Blade in Trinity. Blade two? Dracula, Dracula in Blade Trinity. Yeah, the third Blade one. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what name were you trying to come up with? I, I, I can't remember the name of the other guy in Prison Break because the first guy's isn't that Wentworth Miller? I believe so. And then I think it's Dominic Kinnear is the other name, but I'm not sure. Uh, maybe they can correct us in the chat. I don't know. Uh, Never watched sure. it. Do not know. Yeah, see, Josh Murray says Shawshank's uh, the uh, the short story is eleven pages. They turned that into a two and a half hour movie. So come on, I think The Hobbit is doing better than that in terms of Purcell. <laughs> Dominic Purcell. That's it, Dominic. In terms of comparison, just <laughs> you're you're telling me that The Hobbit succeeds as well as Shawshank does? I 
can't say that, no. Okay. But I can say that I find them more enjoyable than uh, the Lord of the Rings movies overall. Although... Oh, that's neither here nor there. I will say the battle scenes in Lord of the Rings are incredible. Helm's Deep is one of the greatest battle scenes you'll ever see on screen, fantasy or reality. It's incredible, man, to watch. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Mm. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, we didn't watch uh, Prison Break, so there you go. Don't don't have anything on that. Yeah, it's not our jam. It's not our jam. We've been watching docu-series lately. Oh, yeah? What are you into now? Uh, we watched one on a drug lab scandal in Massachusetts on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was super interesting. Cool. Started that Cecil Hotel one. That thing's terrible. Yeah, I hear it's bad. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. The entire second episode, they didn't need. Mm. Like something they talk about for five minutes in the first episode, they spend 15 minutes on saying the exact same things literally over and over and over again for 15 minutes. It's like, what was the wow. fucking point of this? The very end of it, they get to a new kernel of something, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, this is so annoying. If you've never hated quote unquote YouTubers more than the <laughs> 25 minutes of cyber sleuths. And this is after watching don't fuck with cats, which is yeah. excellent. I got literally talked me out of that when she's like, I'm telling you it's an insane. It's show. good. Yeah. That All was right. good. Cecil right. sucks. I would not waste your time. We stopped after two yeah. and then basically spoiler alert. They don't know who did it. So right. it was pointless. I read one review and I, that was it for me. Like I read the review and I was like, oh yeah, I, I'm not going to see this. This makes no sense to me at all. So no, thanks. Yeah. I got, oh, a, leaking, I got a leaking thermostat here or something. Oh anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry. It's pure metal, isn't it? Yeah. It's supposed to so, be. I don't know what this is all about. Maybe I just put it on water or something. Yeah, if it's leaking, I got to take it back to um, Costco where I got it. It's I mean, nice. Would... This is a 40-ounce thermo flask. They have them for like uh, the discounted right now for like 20 bucks, two of them. So I was like, 40 ounces. I want to drink more water. This is a way to do that. So anyway, sorry. Uh, go ahead, Matt. What were you saying? I, I'd be impressed if that thing was like there was a puncture on the bottom. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's... Maybe I just put some water on it or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But... Uh... Anyway, <laughs> well, I Josh, mean, we were talking about random TV shows, but we were. I, I don't. We are watching. What did we just watched? <sighs> I don't know. We're just watching British stuff, man. We just finished up um, the Bay second season of the Bay. Okay. Then that third episode of the investigation dropped on HBO Max, which is stellar. Okay. Um, and we just saw f- uh, a three part TV series on. Uh, Britbox starring the guy who plays Gaston, Luke Evans, and it's oh, about sure. it's about this uh, uh, cops uh, oh, reopening of a cold case. Yeah, the Pembrokeshire, yeah, Pembrokeshire murders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we've we've watched episode one of that. It's good. It's good. Tore through all three episodes at once, man. It, it was good, man. Is that all there is in totality? Yeah, there's three? only three. There's only three. Okay. And then there's a documentary, an accompanying documentary that I think is like 30 or 45 minutes that te- with the actual detective and the people involved and what have you mm-hmm. uh, exploring that. So I recommend that as well. Uh, yeah, we'll finish. Oh, we'll watch that one. I can't do Bridgerton. Bobby Carney's asking. I, I, I don't know, man. I saw that trailer. I was like, mm, maybe this is a step I, too far. Catherine watched it and I I peeked in a couple of times and yeah. it's like no it's I mean it's basically to me it's 
it's Grey's Anatomy set in Victorian oh, England or whatever it is. I don't want to watch that. It's the same vibe. It's like, uh, no, yeah. thank you. This isn't yeah. for me. Yeah, and apparently, no, and I'm, I'm look. I love the fact that you're having a you know multiracial uh, cast and telling the story, an actual story sure. of this woman who was, uh, you know, who was uh, I think she was black and she was a she was a lady in that time. So that's great, but like you know the way they talk about it and all the sex and all that. I was like, yes, yeah, it's not really for me, man. I you know I don't watch the period pieces for the banging. I watch yeah. the period pieces for being in that world and what have you. And I, and I don't mind stuff like uh, the fountain, right. That uh, kind of goes the huh? other direction with it and has fun with it. I'm sorry, the favorite, the favorite where they go okay. the other direction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I was like, okay. Uh. No, the favorite, that's a whole different take on it or the great, that Hulu series that was on with, uh, Oh yeah. yeah. With Nicholas Holt and uh, what's her face? Um, uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, Fan- yeah, L Fanning. L yeah, Fanning. Yeah. yeah. It was so damn good. Cause that's, that's a different situation, but this, I just, this feels weird to me. So it's not my jam. It's not my jam. Yeah. No, we started uh, Pennyworth. That's all right. Oh yeah. The uh, one about the Butler, right? Yeah. About yeah. The, basically Alfred's backstory. It's interesting. Yeah, the, the one on epics. Yeah. Yeah. That dude is good too. Dude, it's got a couple like incredibly gory parts, but they cost, there's been some, a little bit of nudity. So I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, what about the Tiger Woods doc? Have you gotten to that yet? Uh, I have not. Okay. All right. I mean, I will in time. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've actually found a few different shows lately. So, oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Finally got her onto watching documentaries and she's enjoying it. So, docu-series for right now, but eventually we'll move on. I'll get her onto documentaries. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just finished uh, Al Davis versus the NFL, which is the new 30 for 30, detailing sure. the battles they had. And they're, they did the uncanny valley thing where they bring the people in. Did I talk about this last week? I sometimes huh. forget things I've told you. So yeah, this thing, uh, it's um basically they bring a CGI version, like kind of did the Rogue One with Grand Moff Tarkin. They bring in a, that version of Al mm. Davis and that version of Pete Rosell, and they talk about it kind of in the dark a little bit, so you don't notice the uncanny valley too much. They put them a little bit in the dark and they talk about their relationship and their battles and what have you. And then they go back and obviously show uh, archival footage of the back and forth that they'd had and explain the history of those two men and the battle between the Raiders and the NFL when they were trying to move all the time and all that stuff. So fascinating doc for sure. Interesting convention yeah. uh, to, to use. Yeah, unique. Certainly that. I don't know if it 100% worked, but it was nice to watch or remember uh, what happened uh, at that time because you know you see teams moving all the time now you forget how when the Raiders did it it was massive it was massive in the NFL to have that happen so uh, anyway yeah I don't know if uh, I know the backstory there so I don't know if I want to if I need to get it fleshed out but if it's good then I'll watch it fair enough uh, but anyway that's not what we're here to talk about Matt and uh, that's what, what our patrons are in the chat for uh and thank you to all of you who are ten dollar and above patrons you're enjoying us live we're seeing your comments and uh uh, loads it's it's causing a lot of conversation here on the show this is what you're going to get every two weeks like i said if it goes well today you'll get this every two weeks uh we'll do a live one there for you guys and and what have you and uh today we're talking about the top 10 marvel cinematic universe movies Matt, there's bound to be a lot of uh, back and forth between us on these. Uh, these have been some great movies. It was tough to choose just 10. Could have mm-hmm. argued for 12 to 15, uh, but uh, yeah, pretty easily. Had to cut it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I just pulled open a list of all MCU films and then cobbled together the ones that genuinely were going to make, like had a shot at making the list. Yeah. And some of them's easy to, to mix off and be like, no chance in hell, no chance in hell. There's very <laughs> few of those. Yeah. Uh, and then I ordered my list on, okay, so you have whatever this list of 15 mm. or so, uh, I don't know how many specifically, if, if I can only watch one, which one, Boom. right. Right. That's number one. Okay, take that off the list. If I can only watch one of these, which is it? And I just, that's how I made my list. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, you could argue like, oh, this one's a better made film or whatnot. But it's just like, yeah, but I know I'm going to watch this other one more. So right. for me, it's as arbitrary a way to make this list as any other. Um, and I know that people have variations or how do you exclude this and not have that. or, But that, I think that's just a testament to how good by and large, Marvel has been. I mean, their consistency is kind of second to none. Yeah. Say them and Pixar. Mm-hmm. Find me another that you know when it's coming out. There's a shot that it's going to be good to excellent. Yeah. Pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, so it's impressive. I don't know how you came across, you know, formulated your list. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I had, like I said, a, a list of 15, about 15 that I considered and then uh, went the same route. Like, which one should I put up here? Uh, which one, if they both discs were in my hand, which one would I put in? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of the way I went about it. And maybe in a week, it's it's slightly different. Not too much, but slightly different depending on, you know, a couple of uh, placements uh, maybe on the list. But overall, that's how I approached it. Which are the one, Which are the ones that I would want to put in to watch? And then overall, which are the ones that I feel like deserves a little more respect for what they were trying to do? So all of that kind okay. of factored in for me. So a lot of it moving around, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with the list for sure. Yeah. I don't think I, the respect thing I thought about the, Oh, this one pushed boundaries or whatever kind yeah. of formulation. Uh, I just screw it because it's such kind of a, we all have, if you're a movie fan and you like superhero movies and then you have an attachment to these. Right. Um, so I just went with my genuine appreciation for like I would watch that one over all these others and yeah. then write down the list. And I I didn't sometimes I do, just like you do. You factor in like, ah yeah, but I know this is a better movie. I may rewatch yeah. this one, but yeah. I know this is in in this case, just like I don't think that one matters as much to me in right. this list specifically. Right, right. Uh but you know, I can't wait to find out why I'm wrong in the chat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> God, God bless you. Go ahead. <laughs> Fire away. I don't, you know, the, the beauty. Oh, how do you not have this? And be like, I, you know, I just would rather watch these. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I we will bring some of you guys in with some of your comments and, and what have you if, if they apply as we're, as we're going along. So get ready for that. So if you don't want to have something highlighted that you're saying, don't say it. Don't put it in the chat because we might put it up on the screen for everyone else to look at. And Schluckabire, Steve Schluckabire, he's like, sorry, man, two is number one. Now let the chaos begin. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, no, Mark Andreco is not on the show today, so Iron Man Two will not be number one. That's for damn sure. One of no. our most legendary episodes, Matt. For sure. uh, no, Iron Man Two. Spoiler alert! And yeah. Iron Man Three for me. Spoiler. Oh yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Not uh, will not be making my list. Okay, good. To uh, know. Those were two of the like four easy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna do it. <laughs> not even. Not even gonna merit consideration. 
Uh, totally understandable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little far from home was an instant Knicks for me. Wow. Okay. Uh, Strong statement. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, you know, but that being said, there's still, it's much rarer. Whereas in, in DC, it's like, it's, it's kind of the inverse. It's yeah. tougher to find movies that unequivocally I, I enjoy from start to finish. Right. I agree. Uh, whereas at Marvel, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you ready to jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Tell, uh, please let them know how the show works, Matt. Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top 10 lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, I think 10 might actually be the hardest. Yeah, right. Because it's the Uh, official cutoff. It's the official cutoff. It is. Everyone else behind did not make the cut. Exactly. It's tough. tough. Like one through eight, one through nine, I was like, bing, bing, bing. And then I got to 10. I was, oh, man, there's still another three or four movies that deserve to make this list. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I got, I'm hoping you have the other one. <laughs> Who can say? That's my hope. Say? Who can say? Um, so 10, I'm, I'm just going to choose. I okay. wrote down both, uh, oh. uh, Spider-Man homecoming. Okay. That is a, no, no, that is my number 10. That is my number 10. Yes. Spider-Man homecoming. Absolutely. Uh, the, bringing up my list here, yeah, yeah. The best of the non-animated Spider-Man for me. Yes, okay, all right. Uh, Spider-Man I, I prefer, two doesn't hold up for you. I, I prefer it to two now. Okay. Um, parts of two I think are fantastic. Yes. Uh, like when Doc Ock's arms come to life, and then it turns into that comic book panel mm-hmm. as all the the sentient nature of those arms, you know, comes to fruition. Yeah. Uh, just beautiful. It's got several moments when Doc Ock is going up the side of that building. It's like, wow, this yeah. is everything my imagination conjured when I was a kid reading these comic books. Right. <clears throat> but overall, I think Spider-Man captures or homecoming captures more of the essence of the character yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, he seems more teenager ish as opposed to 25 year old playing a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the tone, I think Michael Keaton is vulture. Yeah. Is just perfect. He brings the right amount of menace, Stella. Uh, yeah, to it, but it's not over the top. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's a good Marvel villain that I wish they would bring back, but I don't really know if that's ever going to happen. Oh, they are. I mean, I, I think they're lining up the Secret Six. Uh, oh, really are they? Soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having okay. him in the post credit scene, and he shows up in the Morbius trailer, the new Morbius trailer that dropped a few. Oh, months okay. Ago. I haven't so seen that. I just I knew it came out. Yeah, he's definitely coming back. And so I don't know if he's going to be the leader of the Sinister Six or what it's going to be, but he's going to be coming back for sure. Yeah. Well, I saw that they said uh, Jamie Foxx is coming back. Yes. And the possibly in the multiverse of madness or in Spider-Man 3. I okay. think in Spider-Man 3, he's going to be coming back. Um, you know, Kirsten Dunst is apparently coming back. They haven't said whether Toby or Andrew Garfield are coming back, but apparently there's negotiations happening. Um, I don't think Rhino's coming back, thank God. Uh, but Doc Ock is coming back. Alfred Molina is coming really? back. Really? I, I didn't mind. Like, Giamatti was given so little. 
Yeah, but it's terrible. That accent, all of it was just like, that's not Rhino. <sighs> yeah, the nebbish 40-year-old guy looks like he did my accounting last week is not Rhino. That is not Rhino. Okay. So well, what do you want? Some big muscle bound yes, individual? That's Rhino. Yes. Well, if you put him in that big mechanized suit that they had in this, because mm. I think to some degree that makes Rhino more believable. It's a great right. character in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And I think Juggernaut could translate, but a guy in yes. a big rhino suit is more difficult as opposed to if you put him in a mech suit. It's like, oh, that's that seems more believable to me. Right, right. Uh, but Homecoming, I mean, what a great interpretation of Vulture. Because mm-hmm. it yes. was one of, yeah, one of Spider-Man's villains that I was always kind of indifferent towards. He was mm-hmm. fine. Right. I would rather see Green Goblin or Kingpin or there's a list of people that I would get to before I got to uh, Vulture. Mm-hmm. And to see it brought to life, just the, I mean, taking it from a simple wings and whatnot and putting, mm-hmm. like, you know, drone-like turbines in the wings and it's flying around. It's just, I don't know. It, it helped increase the menace that Keaton can already portray so well with those steely eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the balance between him and the boyish, kind of uh, joy and energy of a Tom Holland. They just got quite a bit of that, you know, out the, out the gate. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I enjoy that too. And I, and I like what, uh, I mean, it's a difficult situation, Tom Holland walking into a role that's already been done by Andrew Garfield, you know, like a a couple of three years ago or five years ago, then, uh, you know, Tobey Maguire and the, and the legacy he had left with a lot of people who are Spider-Man fans but Tom Holland did such an excellent job of bringing you all the way back to the foundation of Spider-Man. High school mm-hmm. kid, smart-talking kid, kind of skinny kid, you know, all the underdog is in essence, that has, but he's super intelligent. Uh, and when he gets bit, all that happens around it. I like that they skip the origin story and it's just yes. the way it is. Yeah. I like that Marissa Tomei is an Aunt May, but she's a hot Aunt May. That's an interesting yeah. new angle that they can no play Uncle with. Ben. Yeah, no Uncle Ben, none of that stuff. He is what he is uh, already. Uh, And they add the Tony Stark thing. I know a lot of people are upset about the Tony Stark thing, but I'm like, no, I think it's important to have that in there. It's got to have a little bit of guidance, a little bit of a father figure. Yeah, it gives him a father figure. Yeah, and it totally works. Absolutely works. Uh, And him struggling with his power, struggling about how to advance and get better and become an Avenger. And then what he does at the end when he gets the opportunity to become an Avenger is a really powerful moment as well. So I think there's so much that works so well in that movie. At turning it down, knowing mm-hmm. that he's not ready, even yeah. though they were more than willing to bring him on. Right, right. But I think it's good. Let's take him back. Let's keep him different than all the others. We don't, he can still join. Yeah. Like he did in movies that may or may not come up in discussions later. <laughs> right. Uh, it's fine. You can still bring him into all these others, but you don't have another character in high school or that gets to be a young kid. So yeah, yeah. Why not take advantage of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Makes him unique within this, you know, kaleidoscope of superheroes. Right. Right. They all need to stand out, but not for just anomalous reasons. Like this is a legitimate one. He's a kid. Yeah. Uh, and Matt, already we have someone who's thrown their computer at the wall. Johanna says at 10, are you guys mad? Uh, and then James says, homecoming is actually my number one. Well, James, you're wrong. And so is Johanna. Well, considering your avatar looks like a dog pooping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I either that or growing up. So that's a great point. Great yeah. point. Uh, no. Cute dog though. 
<laughs> That's but great. Dog doesn't look exactly healthy no. in that picture. No, he doesn't. All right. So, uh, let's move on. What's your number nine, my man? Uh, my number nine is Civil War. Wow. All right. Slight punt. Slight punt. Not a big punt, but a slight punt for sure. Okay. So why the over-the-top exuberant wow if it's just a slight punt? Uh, I thought it would be a little bit higher. That's all. It is not. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. I can tell now. Um, all right. So what's your number eight? My number eight is the first Avengers. Oh, yeah. No, didn't even make my list. Go ahead. Go ahead. I rewatched it during quarantine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It still works. Um, okay. And going into it, the expectation, my only thought was, I, I'm not sure how they're going to make this work. Yeah. Like, how do you really pull this off? You haven't introduced Hulk to people yet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, even though everyone knows who Hulk is. But you don't really have a firm grasp on these characters. Right. At least as far as the general, you know, public is concerned, going to see it. It's a lot of new. Uh, you've seen flashes of Hawkeye, but you haven't really seen Hawkeye. You know, yeah. he's in what, Thor? And that was it yeah. up until that yeah. point, but it was a yeah. tiny little thing. And now you need to cement him as one of the Avengers. Um, I don't know. I just thought they, even now when I watch it, uh, it's the right progression, the amount of stakes. And also I think subtle little things like the amount of technology, having that hover chip. Yeah. Thinking of Bob, it, it, it amps it up just a little bit more and bringing in the Tesseract shows you (laughs) that it's beyond the scope of just this planet right yeah. now, we just had infighting in essence yeah. and to see that, no, actually the, we need to, to get past that. This, you know, the, the wars going on at home mm-hmm. because there's a battlefront that you're oblivious to as of right now. Right. And the looming threat. And it's a great introduction to the peril that exists in, in we see later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just, I don't know. It's got the right blend of comedy with the superhero uh, aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, Joss Whedon handled that with a plum. Um, I, I realize he's persona non grata. Yeah. You know, currently mm-hmm. uh, with all the Buffy stuff now coming out. Yeah. It uh, doesn't seem like uh, that was a fun set to be on for well, a few different individuals. It doesn't feel like it was a fun. Any of his sets were fun to be on. If you take Ray Fisher's story as well for the reshoots on just. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So will that, you know, affect how I view this film over the course of time? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, perhaps it will, but right now it's, you know, let's, that's neither here nor there for the time yeah. being for my feeling about the movie as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I thought the, the team up band of brothers was so beautifully done um, that you got the dynamic within all of them. And it really cemented Cap's place for me Yeah, as the leader of this and why you would need someone like Captain America. Cause that was the biggest question mark. Cause I didn't read him in the comics. I always found him not as exciting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the other characters and to see why you need a boy scout yeah. to lead the charge makes all the sense in the world, uh, you know, on the big screen Mm-hmm. To, to just kind of keep all these uh, various personalities in line and just yeah. focus on the common goal. You need some order. You need structure. You need somebody kind of drilling you. And yeah. I don't know. It just, uh, it's still successful to me. And having watched it recently, 
my my opinion has not changed. Yeah. Uh, so okay, there you go. Oh yeah, I appreciate that, and that's a thousand percent. Well, what a lot of people feel, I, I I imagine, and it was a hard cut for me, uh, but it was a cut that needed to be made, in my opinion. Not about Joss at all, and I totally respect that. And honestly, that just makes my feeling about the film even more valid overall. I don't think his stuff holds up the way other people's stuff holds up in the MCU. And I I rewatched this film maybe eight months ago. And I remember just like going, this is not as good as I remember it. Some Mm. of the writing is really clunky. Some of the scene transitions don't work for me. Some of the cutesy humor uh, gets a little bit grating, to be honest. Uh, Now in retrospect, at the time, certainly I was caught up just the idea of, oh my God, we're getting all these, uh, you know, superheroes on the screen coming together becoming the avengers there's still some really great moments i mean the moment down in in you know in the when they're down in new york when all the stuff is happening and he got mm-hmm. a cap gives everyone their duties hulk smash all of that is really cool the fight sequences there are awesome and hulk fighting thor is funny um and yeah. saving the helicarrier is cool but overall though i just feel like some of the dialogue just doesn't work for me and some of the scenes don't hit the way they used to emotionally for me so okay. when someone says let's watch avengers i'm not i'm not down to jump into it and watch it so that's why in the end i i cut it off of of my list but i totally respect a lot of people uh who like this movie a lot so you know i i, I know a lot of people do so um all right so then what's your is that was that your number eight that's my eight okay all right so then my 10 as we said is spider-man homecoming my nine is iron man is that on your list uh that is a slight punt okay all right all right uh and then my eight is uh dr strange that is also a punt okay all right let's move on uh what's your seven my seven is iron man okay let's do it let's talk about it um still holds up yes it does yes it does it's really impressive all these years later that i enjoy it I wouldn't say as much as I did when it initially came out because yeah. I, I was slightly gobsmacked in the theater. I loved, so my Batman was my all time favorite, but in the MCU, yeah. Iron Man was near the top to me. Cause it was like, ah, I love Batman so much. Iron Man's roughly the same thing, right? It's the only lone regular person in the midst of, well, in the comics that I was reading, mm-hmm in the midst of all these people with pretty amazing powers. Yeah. So just to have guy that's using his wits and his, you know, countless wealth, Mm -hmm. but his wits and to be able to compete with people that have supernatural skill. Mm -hmm. And in this, you know, even when you strip away the, all the resources and the wealth and he just has spare parts and he makes that clunky Iron Man suit, but that is so incredibly believable that it seems as though, we could have something like that right now, even though yeah. it doesn't really seem practical. Uh, like when he takes off and flies and he yeah. just has that one, that one reserve and can get out of here. I mean, was blown away in the theater and still it works. And yeah. Obadiah Stane is a great villain. Yes. Agreed. Uh, and it, I mean, it is the cornerstone of now it's the cornerstone of an industry change that yeah. nobody anticipated. Yeah. Yeah, uh, agreed. It, agreed. Yeah, all these years later, still just as good to me. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing that's fascinating about the movie too is it's like it. There's such a um, 
how can I say this correctly? There's such a fuck it feeling to the movie. Like we're, we're, we're just going to have some fun here mm-hmm. and see what happens. We're going to create this character. We're going to take it out of the comics and we're just going to nerd the F out and have some fun and co- make a combo uh, of this character. You know, um, uh, make, because Tony Stark is not funny in the comics. Let's put that uh, right on the table. It is Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal, yeah. John Favreau's script. I think he wrote this one too. Uh, that is the funny, but uh, funniness that makes, Tony Stark so charming and such an essential foundation of the movie version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, and they go all out in this movie and they still find a way to give him a heart, uh, literally and figuratively, and, uh, you know, let him connect with Pepper Potts and then give him this this uh, um, villain who is essentially a father figure who has replaced the troublesome uh, relationship he had with his own father and then mm-hmm. he betrays him which is such a massive uh, uh, turn of events for a man who is going through this transition process out of being an uncaring rich guy who sold weapons to whoever into this, in essence, humanitarian who wants to now protect the world uh, all over the place and also him growing as a human being. It's like a Henry V story a little bit thrown into the situation except that Falstaff turns out to be a huge villain instead of you know someone who lets him go and moves on so this is so fascinating when you look at the movie and in the end and I agree with you man Obadiah Stane does not get enough love for being a Marvel villain Jeff Bridges voice is used to perfection mm-hmm. I mean that's the dude ladies and gentlemen that is the dude with his hair shorn off that beard of his the suit all of it and the, the way he plays with Tony up until he finally loses, is, is stellar. Just stellar. So, yeah, the film still holds up. Favreau's directed a fantastic film. Like like I said, the Avengers is later, and it holds up less for me than Iron Man does. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have Iron Man above Avengers. I'll watch it Yeah, before I watch Avengers again. Uh, but anyway, so uh, that is my seven. Okay. What is your six? My six is good old Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. So... Basically, just just I'm a couple of slots off with you. All right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, one of the characters that I think a, an origin story was necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to explain because you know he has powers unlike everyone else. He is he is completely different, and that's genuinely saying something. Yeah. I mean, we've seen glimpses, I guess, on some level of of some of the powers that Thor has access to mm-hmm. with uh Oh shoot. What is that called? The thing that can transport them. Oh yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, is it the mind stone that can transport them? No, no, no. The, oh. when oh, the he time calls stone. Sorry, time stone. Yeah. the, when he calls to Idris Elba and they open that gate, that portal, it's like, it's mm. a magical kind of element, that aspect. Oh, you mean Chuetel Ejiofor, not, not, not Idris Elba. Is that no, what you're no, 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 no. Idris okay. Elba is the one that has the big sword and he puts it into. Oh, you're talking about Thor. You're talking yeah. about Thor. Oh, oh, oh. Because I'm sorry. I got lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking saying, about uh, Doctor Strange. But yeah, you've uh, seen aspects of. Yeah, the portal or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But we've seen flashes of. Right. Things outside of I can shoot lasers out of my hands or my right. eyes or whatever the case is. Right, right. Um, so Doctor Strange, you know, exists like when this this parallel dimensional type of being that unbeknownst to even the Avengers 
is protecting the world, him and the other sorcerers. Yeah. You know, you brought in magic, which should seem kind of ridiculous, Mm. even though we're talking about superheroes that can fly. Yeah. And now we're throwing magic on top of that. But yet it really works. Like, I didn't enjoy Doctor Strange in the comics. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Now, granted, I didn't dive that deep into it. So there Mm. very well could have been runs that I would have enjoyed thoroughly. But every time he popped in, it was just like the magic threw me off. Yeah, understood. And I was like, that's not really my cup of tea. I'd rather, you know read these other things over here right uh which i was just used to i guess or what i wanted mm-hmm. um so i didn't know exactly how it was going to translate on the screen and i think the little power circle hand motion thing that they make yeah i can't imagine how ridiculous that looked on set <laughs> You know, if the, all these people all are standing, yeah, they're yeah. all just doing this, just <laughs> waving in the air. And yeah. the director has to be like, trust me, this is going to look sweet. Yeah, And you have to put your a lot of faith in. Now, had this been, you know, Iron Man and come out first, it might have been more difficult for the actors to accept. Oh, yeah. But once Cumberbatch and, and Edgy Wafor, you know, line up to do this and Mads Mikkelsen, uh, they already know that Marvel's got a proven track record. Yeah. I also like the fact that ultimately when he comes and he takes on the villain at the very end, he doesn't beat him by clobbering him over the head yeah. or using the magic to create some ultimate weapon that's going to destroy them. Right. It's more, I am willing to suffer through this as long as you are yeah. because my patience and determination and basically endurance for this is greater than yours. And yeah. that is one of his best attributes. He gamed the system. So it's, I don't know. It's just another guy that I can kind of identify with on some yeah. level. He does yeah. have access to things that don't exist, obviously. Right. But I don't know. It, it, the relatability was higher than somebody that can fly. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, man. And I think that's what's so fascinating about Dr. Strange, because we're presented with an asshole doctor who is mm-hmm. really shitty to his girlfriend, shitty to his staff, shitty in the world. But clearly there's something deeper going on uh, for the reasons of why he's shitty. And it's mm-hmm. the car accident that really exposes his weakness and his fear. And it's just by happenstance that he is you know, connected with somebody who tells him where he can go. He goes there and he is just like challenged on so many levels. And he has to embrace his humility and his care for the world. The irony that the person who could give a shit about the world is the one who is converted into one of its greatest protectors. And that's what's so great about the movie. And we've all been, I mean, anybody who's self-aware or anybody who's had stuff they've had to kind of confront and get past can find, I think, a relatability or a universal appeal with what Cumberbatch does in creating Dr. Strange or Stephen Strange in the movie, his mm-hmm. journey of like, I know I have to figure this out. I have to fight or I'm going to die for all his money. And it's true for all the fucking money you have. If you haven't fixed this, it's not going to matter one goddamn bit. You're going to yeah. do self-destructive shit. You're going to get yourself in bad situations. You're going to piss away all the money. Like mm-hmm. people who win the lottery and don't understand how to deal with money. All of that will happen because you don't have a healthy sense of self-worth. And if you don't have that, that's what's going to eventually erode you and drive everyone else away. 
And so he explores that. And you're right, Matt, the brilliance of the ending. We've spoken about it a couple times on the show. Dormammu coming in and the fact that he has to outsmart this uh this uh, uh extra tra- or this demon it's, essence or whatever it's being yeah, yeah it's being yeah 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 don't uh, know how to describe to yeah yeah and, and it's great the tilda swinton conversations <clears throat> look and i got it a lot of people were upset that it was tilda and not an asian man and i totally understand that but i do think like th- this is one of those rare instances where it works because when i look at tilda swinton i don't see race you know other people may see race but she's such a uniquely different kind of energy in the world that i don't see race necessarily with her and so the fact that she could you know connect to this character and play it so well with uh, cumberbatch it just helps and chuete legia for is the villain and wong as uh, another one of the sorcerers there it's just great so it's a lot a lot of mads mickelson is the villain yeah matt oh sorry uh, he becomes the villain uh, at the end, does Chuecha uh, Legio uh, 4. But yes, Mads Mikkelsen is the movie throughout the, uh, the villain throughout the movie. You're right. Yes, yes. But all of it, just great stuff. Just great, great actors for sure. Uh, Johanna's Maddie said uh, Doctor Strange was an absolute waste of Mads Mikkelsen. That's incorrect. But okay, Johanna, whatever you, whatever you say. I, yeah. Teach their own. But I would get, <laughs> I, you know. Cognitive test, Johanna might uh, come in hand. Maybe some new glasses. Yeah, I'm not yeah. entirely sure. I, I did look over happening. in the chat, and someone said it might have been Johanna <clears throat> that uh, the best part of Doctor Strange was everything before the car accident. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, great joke. But so when he was just an absolute prick. Yeah, mm. that was. I mean, I realized that more than likely that is not <laughs> what you're saying. But yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed. I do too, man. It's one of the, I don't own many of the MCU movies in 4K. Doctor Strange is one of them that I have to have. Um, all right. So that was your seven and six, right? Correct. So my seven is the punt from earlier for you, Captain America Civil War. Okay. Yeah. Um, good film. I like this film. Great battles. I love the way it splits the team. I love the way that we get Spider-Man having his moment at the airport. Sure. Um, and, and I love the conversation between whether you're Team Cap or Team Iron Man, the Black Panther sequence, the stuff with Bucky, because I was Team Iron Man, because for me, you don't sacrifice 30 other people for your best friend simply because you know your best friend more than those 30 other people. If you claim to be about every saving everyone, then you can't give preferential treatment just because you know somebody or, you, or somebody's a member of your family if the greater good is not to allow this person to keep going. That's that's my opinion overall on it. But I thought it was all well done. That fight sequence between, um, you know, I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just, but you could say that Cap was ultimately right. Bucky wasn't a bad person. He was just in a bad situation. And once you mm-hmm. rescue him, had he rescued him from that situation and he continued to being the winter soldier and killing people, then yeah. it's just like, okay, Cap, you're flat out wrong. But mm-hmm. he was corrupted down to his you know soul on some level and it had to be rescued yeah uh but yeah i mean civil war helmet zimu yeah is fantastic just manipulates through information i mean he has a little bit bond villain-esque vibes to him he does yes uh you know uh, kind of like um uh javier bardem's i can't remember yeah. the character's name yeah but just laying a big trap and sitting back and watching, like, oh, no, being captured was part of my trap. Uh, mm-hmm. And look, the airport scene yeah. is excellent. 
Yeah. And then the fighting later on between the three of them is excellent. Yeah, stellar. Uh, I just knew that I rewatch others more than I watch this one because I kind of lump it in with the other one a little bit in some mm-hmm. on some level in my head. And uh, I may or may not prefer the other one. <laughs> Much like you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's why it's also that factored into the placement. I was like, ah, oh, well, the Cap's going to get a decent amount of love on my list. So yeah, yeah. Spread it around a little. But you're right. I mean, the um, airport sequences are great and everything we spoke about uh, is great. There's just, I don't know, there's just something that feels a little bit like it's not Captain America's movie. It's more like people have said Avengers 1.5. And I I think that's a fair criticism or Avengers 2.5, whatever it is. And I think that's a fair criticism. And I think that's what kind of dings the movie a little bit for me in the end. It is a it is a film to get us to the next thing. It is not necessarily a film, although it does present Black Panther and uh, Spider Man. Yeah. In the end, though, I think it's about getting us to the other movies, not necessarily standing alone as its own uh, piece of work, in my opinion. So, and uh, Zemo's coming back as the villain in Falcon and Winter Soldier, Matt. So, I mean, you know, I'm just saying you might like it. Maybe I don't know. As of right now, that I did see that trailer and I was like, ah, it looks all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Michael DeVos says Silva, Silva was Javier Bardem's name, Bardem's name in Skyfall. I forgot thank, about that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to pull that for a million dollars. All right. So, my number six, which is probably a punt for Matt, I'm sure it's a punt for Matt now at this point, I guess. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's my number six. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. All right. Yes, cool. it is. Not by much, but it is. Okay. Uh, what's your five then? Uh, my five, get ready to say the words punt, I'm assuming. <laughs> probably not by much, but is uh winter soldier oh yeah that's a punt absolutely okay punt all right well, so then, your five. Oh, my five is avengers infinity war guess what four letter word i'm about to say <laughs> oh all right this will be interesting that's right. a punt all right so um, then what's your four my four is guardians okay all right so that was a slight punt from six yeah uh, go ahead man pure rewatchability yeah i if we did this in a year's time, Guardians 2 might even make the list because I do watch that a decent clip at this point. Wow. And okay. I think it'll it'll overtake a, a couple others on this. I, I like the Guardians franchise, and I'm excited mm-hmm. about the direction it's going and bringing Thor in because, you know, we got a nice flash of the interplay between the two Chris's yeah. and the dynamic that that's going to uh, have within the overall ship, um, all the different characters. But... And Guardians, I mean, we we talked about it in the past, but on the outside looking in, when they announced it, it's just like, oh, man, you guys definitely playing with house money on this one. Mm. Just can't lose. Uh, so you might as well try anything. And yeah. to see it pulled off so successfully and you instantly bond with all these different characters. I mean, this went on to make more money than a whole slew yeah. of more established characters. Yep, yep. And I think that's a testament to... A uh, gun just being able to to bring to life and uh, make us as an audience connect with these individuals and have a, a vested interest in whether or not like Gamora and Star Lord, yeah, couple up or Rocket dealing with his issues mm-hmm. that rightly so. Um, you know when he has meltdowns saying, "Do you think I like what I am? Like I'm yeah. Frankenstein's monster." Do you think that's how do you think that, you know, what do you think that does to my to me and my mental and my my psyche? Yeah. It's like, wow, that's it's a great question. Hmm. And uh 
you know, I don't know how much exactly you're going to explore within that, but even to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, and they get a, a good balance of humor on top of, I think the visuals too on this, they bring in a color palette that hadn't really existed mm-hmm. on some level. And you have these oranges and yellows and purples, uh, they're just beautiful to look at and they yeah. go to worlds that we haven't seen before. Um, I mean, what they're harvesting, are they eternals? What are those things? The, uh, the original beings that died off and now there's that mining collie that the collector lives in. Oh they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're mining the internal, you know, mm-hmm. a structure of this former being. Like, right. Wow. What a great concept to bring to life. And they just did it over and over and over again. It just magically goes from one to the next to the next. And it all feels lived in and real Mm -hmm. as opposed to sterile environment after sterile environment. Yeah. I mean, you know, to me, it's the relationships between the characters. That's what kind of sells me on the movie. You know, they're all so uniquely different. As you said, Rocket Raccoon, he's essentially presented to us as a kid, as a, as a raccoon who can handle his shit, you know, Smart as smart, smart Alice, smart alecky as hell. You know, uh, uh, looks like there's no issues here. And then he has that moment mm-hmm. where he reveals the experience he's with, is he that he went through, which is why he's such a sarcastic, biting, um, at times gruff uh, individual because uh, he's had to be in order to survive the abuse and the experiments that were done on him mm-hmm. uh throughout his life so you know you understand why he's built the way he's built Groot is just this sweet character but can absolutely kill at a moment's notice if it means saving everyone else then of course Quill and his mom issues then you have Gamora and her dad issues uh and you throw in uh, Dax and his family issues so there's so much all these people have such uh unresolved issues personal issues in their own lives yet they come together because there is a sense subconsciously that they need to be like a become a family uh, in order yeah. to help each other, uh, you know, confront and resolve the inner shit that each of them is going through. And then you add all the stuff you talked about, Matt, the incredible visuals, the colors, the vibrancy of the colors in the film, the interesting locations that they go to, the different uh, worlds that are presented, species mm-hmm. that are presented. All of that just works so well in Guardians of the Galaxy and the humor. James Gunn really brings so much of the humor out of all these characters. And, you know, what a great introduction, even though Batista had been in other smaller films, straight to DVD films and the like, what a great introduction to what this guy can actually do as an actor uh, uh, in this movie. So, yeah. Yeah. It gave complexity and dimension to characters that easily could have been one dimensional. Yeah. Yep. Rocket, Groot and Drax all easily could have been just, oh, Rocket's loud and brash. Groot, you know, right is is C three PO or R two D two, just like, right. uh, well, clo- I guess closer to R two. You don't know exactly what he's saying at any time. Yeah, and uh, it takes the other characters interacting with him to understand the context of what he's saying and uh, tracks easily, just because he's so even keel. Yeah, so to speak. Right. right. Uh, that 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 somberness. Uh, could have been dull as all hell, but they managed to mine it for great comedic effect. And then when they flash back to his family having passed and his motivation for wanting to kill Thanos, right? Uh, it all seems justified. And actually, then it starts to help build up how much of a monster Thanos is yeah. early on before we really get a taste of who Thanos is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, okay, where are we at? 
Uh, that was my four. What do you got? Okay. My four is uh, Black Panther. All right. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so not on your list. So I don't yeah. watch it as much as the others. It's what totally it's, understood. Yeah. I think if we, I think it might have been lower on my list if uh, we hadn't done a revisit of it for the Cinephiles a few weeks ago with Jay and Winston. And okay. there was something about revisiting with them and then like breaking that film down mm. the way we did and going through the moments and hearing their experiences watching the film. It kind of gave me a whole new appreciation of the film itself, of the script, of uh, Killmonger, of Black Panther, of his dad all the stuff that they explore in the movie and the idea okay. of the responsibility, uh, you know, an African country would have to other black uh, um, people around the world, you know, what would be all of that. So there were so many levels that it's working on, plus the visuals and the direction and the great performances from Chadwick and Michael B. Jordan and Forrest Whitaker and uh, Martin Freeman and Sherry Wright and all the great people involved in it. So um yeah, I mean, just kind of for whatever reason, and Angela Bass, of course, it just kind of dug into me a little bit deeper than it had before. Um, and just one that I appreciate now and go back and watch multiple times whenever it's on. Like, I'll leave it on okay. whenever it's on and enjoy the action sequences as well. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, that was the one fighting it out for 10. Mm, okay. But I know I watch Homecoming more at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it's... For me, it's, you know, I brought it up in the show in the past. I didn't want an origin story for him. Yeah. I wanted him just to get in the thick of it. And I I would have personally enjoyed it more. But at the same time, everything that you just brought up. Yeah. Completely legitimate reasons as to why it would resonate with other individuals. Yeah. You know, as opposed to me. Um, and now that he's unfortunately passed. Yeah. And they're not going to recast. Although I've seen some people say, I wish you would, because it's good to see that character. We want to see that character. And it's the it's a positive representative for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they do, I don't know. It's going to be difficult to fill his shoes because he's meant so much to the MCU. Yeah. Uh, but in time, I mean, they're going to recast all these characters at some point. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, how much cash do you think it would take to get Downey Jr. to come back? Oh, Downey Jr. I think it would. Yeah. I think uh, I don't know, man. What else is he working on? He's he's kind of moved into producing more than actually being on screen. So I, I don't think we're done with him in any way, shape, or form. I think down the road he will come back. Chris Evans couldn't even stay away for more than a year, and he's already coming back. So to me, it's oh, is he really? Oh, yeah, that. yeah. There, were, there. He it was in deadline that the, he was in negotiations to come back. So. Uh, and exactly. I always he I felt he walked away from it too early anyway. He's still in his thirties, dude. There's a lot you can do with Captain America uh into your forties and what have you. So uh I thought it was yeah. good that he walked away from but it. So do you want to just be that? Right. And I think that's at the end of the day. Maybe he just felt like, well, you know, the thing is when you start something when you're younger, Matt, and then you walk away from it when you're older. Maybe maybe while you're taking that time away, you actually do kind of reevaluate things and feel like, well, yeah. Yeah. There are worse things I could be. I'm not Mr. Furley. I'm not uh, Urkel. I'm Captain yes. America. That's, that's like, that matters more than. It's know. like the the cast of Star Trek. They bristled mm. against that for a long time, and then eventually yeah. kind of came back around. And like, you know what? This isn't the worst thing. Yeah. To yeah. be known for, so might as well embrace it. Right. Uh. Yeah. I just. I don't know. They will recast it, but there's got to be a point at which all the actors are genuinely willing not to come back yeah. to do it over again. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, my just how many points does Deon, do they have to offer Downey Jr. to come back is my question. That's a good question. I wonder. Uh, yeah, because he's making buku bucks mm-hmm. off of all these. You're not wrong. So there's not much motivation monetarily unless he just unfortunately loses it all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Cool. Um, all right. So then what's your three? Uh, my three is Endgame. All right. That's a punt. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my three is Thor Ragnarok. Um, that is a punt. Oh, looks like we're gonna have a coin flip. We are. Somebody get a coin ready Somebody out there. Somebody get a coin, Robert. Do you have the? Oh, well, I, I guess I don't have the. I'll put the link in the chat in a little bit. All right. So then, what well, if uh, they want to put their email in the chat? Then I can just email them directly. I've got it queued up. Oh, okay. All right. Sure, sure. That way, instead of just putting the link up and we get yeah, you know, five first, people coming in. First one to want, first one to respond with their email in the chat. You will be able to flip exactly. the coin for us. I'll cut and paste it. So yeah. get dial it in. There's like a 10 second delay. Mm-hmm. What do we got? What do we got? Who's going to send it in? I don't know. I don't know. All right, we'll move on. I keep I'll keep tabs on the chat. Yeah, so I've got it open too. So what's your number two? Uh, my deuce is Infinity War. Wow. So wait, I'm confused. So Winter Soldier didn't make your list at all? Is that what you're telling me? No, that was my five. We already. Oh, we said that was a punt. That's right. You're right. Go ahead. Sorry. I I got confused. All right. Oh, it looks like Michael D. No, wait. Hold on. No, it looks like ends. Drew ends wins. He put his email in first. So have you got that? I do not see it, but I will scan upwards until I find. I put it on the screen there as Ah, well. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. All right, Drew ends. You're going to come in live and flip the coin. All right, sending it off now, Drew. There you go, Drew. You got the link. We are definitely going to have to do that. All right, got a bit confused there. Sorry about that. All right, so your number two, say that again. Your number two is what now? Infinity War. All right, go ahead. Yes, that was my number five as well. Uh, just the, I don't know, man. It's an one. I, I was sick of origin stories mm-hmm, at this mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. and in essence, it's a Thanos origin story because you really need to build up why he's just going to go roadhouse on 45 different superheroes. Yeah. And it's utterly believable. Plus the photorealism of Thanos himself is incredible. It is such good CGI that it's a character out of whole cloth. I mean, they had Josh Brolin on set, you know, in a motion capture suit, and they've got that right. camera that's out in front of him hanging off of an arm as he walks around so they can capture his facial, uh, you know, movements and whatnot. Um, but then, to, I mean, it's not like they just take that and use it to, like, slap a, a CGI skin over the top of it. That is all referenced, and they make a 3D model. Mm-hmm that mimics what he's doing there. So they have to go in and create everything they do with a normal CGI character, but find me another one that when you stack it up next to any of these other individuals in a scene looks just as real because his henchmen around him look like CGI characters. Yeah. 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 Like the guy that has telekinesis looks cool and all, but you can tell he's fake. Yes. And the big muscle bound, you know, his hammer, so to speak, when, you know, the, the, rest of the world is a nail yeah he looks like a cgi character and the fem- the female 
you know, one that's in that mix that squares off with Scarlet Witch and, and uh, Black Widow in the trenches outside of Wakanda. Yeah. She looks fake. And then somehow we go to a guy that has a slight purple hue to his skin mm-hmm. and feel like I, I could see him down on Melrose with you know, the other weirdos <laughs> or got down at Venice beach at muscle beach, just lifting. It's like, he looks so real. And I, the overall arc is very satisfying, even though, you know, obviously the, the winners didn't yeah. win, so to speak. Right. But the emotional punch of these people, quote unquote, you know, getting dusted, hmm. uh, actually had some impact. I mean, you knew they were all coming back. Right, right. In some form or another. Yeah. The only ones that may or may not be dead are Loki and Gamora. Possibly Vision, depending on how WandaVision ends up. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly Vision. Yeah. And then in the next one, Scarlet, uh, not Scarlet, which uh, Black Widow. Yeah, Black Widow. But from this one, like Gamora died. Okay. Don't know if she's going to come back. Like Vision, boy, he got his head messed up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also like the, you know, the slowly setting up the ultimate I am Iron Man. Yeah. Like, just this subtle little things, these early ons, and then the, the switch. I, I, it's one of the rare times where the setup to me was better than the punch mm. because the end game opens with that first hour of, I fully understand why we have to do this hour. Cause you got to yeah. build to this huge climax, right. but infinity war from point A to point B is just a more, uh, uh adventurous ride, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I think for that, the rewatchability now, the excellence of the execution, I think yeah. for the other, they landed perfectly 20 some odd movies. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, but I, rewatchability is where it comes down to for my list. So that's why I put infinity war deuce. Yeah. You make great points, man. And maybe you're talking me into moving infinity war just above black Panther into four possibly, but yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. You're right. I, you know, sometimes you can get so caught up in thinking about Endgame that you forget how much is actually laid out in infinity war, how much is, is uh, previewed and prefaced uh, and how many of the seeds are laid for what you enjoy in Mm -hmm. Endgame, And certainly that is there in infinity war from top to bottom you know some great uh interactions the stuff with thanos the stuff uh you know when he grabs the moon and, and all of that the, oh, yeah. the 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 back and forth with him and downey jr uh oh sorry stark him and stark is, is stellar you know peter quill messing up that one moment when they can one get moment. the thing off of him which is great tragedy uh and it perfectly makes sense for peter quill's character just perfectly makes sense and then of course the ending, the ending, which was so stellar. And I remember the second time I saw it, I just kind of burst out crying at a moment with, with just something about the delivery of Tom Holland in that moment that is so genuine that it really just kind of gets you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that, of course, that scene where Strange just lifts up his one finger uh, when and when uh, Downey Jr. asks him if there's any scenario where this ends up uh, uh, working yeah, out for him. Oh. Yeah, for, that lays the groundwork for Endgame, yeah. right? Exactly. And so. Dude. All of that is there, and it's so stellar and well done. And the way they're able to, you know, marry all these pieces so effectively and tell this massive story, yet have these really genuinely small moments. I mean, Thanos killing Gamora for God's sakes. That I was is about to bring it up. That was powerful. Yeah, yeah. He, when she's like, "What are you crying for?" and comes to the right. realization that she may not love him, but he genuinely loves her. Yes, and thinks yes. of her as a daughter. And this yeah. monster. 
to sponsor and then yeah, it makes yeah. you evaluate like, oh my god, should I have feelings? Right. I don't know. I shouldn't. I you know Not for this stand guy. fast in my resolve. Yeah, is he killed my family? Yeah. But yeah. when he has to make that sacrifice, that's a genuine sacrifice for yep. a guy that and the sad fact of the matter is some of you know his logic is genuine in that it's not for his own personal gain. It's for, in his eyes, the benefit of all. And he is willing to sacrifice mm -hmm. just as much as anyone yeah. else if the ultimate goal is what he feels is the only outcome that is best for all of us. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that amount of convictions, even if you don't agree with it, you have to at least respect. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, doesn't make him any less of a monster. No, 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 but no. At least he's not a hypocrite. Yeah, and in the end, he's not wrong. You could argue that he's not wrong because uh, of what some people say in Endgame. You know, yeah. wow, there's no pollution, and there's yeah, the, no the whales are back in the Hudson. Yeah. yeah, that's a massive moment. But of course, the exchange is so many people are suicidal and depressed and don't and have lost the thing they care about and and what have you. So there's the other side of it too. The 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 massive mm -hmm. overall emotional toll and mental health toll it would take if half the galaxy, half the universe just disappeared or died like what that power what that moment must feel like uh, in a powerful way um all right so where are we at uh that was my deuce okay so then my two is captain america the winter soldier which is your five is that right my five correct okay yeah uh so yeah i mean uh what a film uh for me um, the political thriller of it all. I mean, it just touches me on that 70s level that I really, mm -hmm. really love. I love the elevator fight scene. Love the interactions with him and Nick Fury. This is the uh, idealistic person versus the quote-unquote realistic person. Uh, you know, Their ideology slamming into each other about what they should do and how they should protect the country. Uh, yep. Robert Redford being the, you know, being the turncoat in all of this, seeing all of that. And then the confrontations going on throughout the movie, the fight with, uh, with, uh, um, Bucky and on the highway, which is absolutely stellar with him and, uh, and, uh, uh, Scarlet, uh, oh, sorry, Black Widow. Yes. Black Widow getting into it. All of that just top to bottom, you know, and he's confronting all these things and then crossbones, Frank Grillo being thrown into this mix as well. So, so much of it through uh, across the board is just stellar to watch and stellar to enjoy. I love the script uh, and uh, I love what it does for the character. And of course we get Falcon in, in uh, Winter soldier as well. The introduction of Falcon on your left, which of course comes to fruition in Endgame. So such a great, great moment. So overall just want to absolutely just, I think it's the best written movie of all of them. Um, and, uh, that's why I put it at number two. Yeah, it does. It, yeah. It's got the espionage political cold war yeah. aspect of a, you know, Hydra infiltrating. Yeah. Uh, that is really excellent. And the Robert Redford, you know, switcheroo on this guy's been America's best friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, or the, the guy that you, uh, you know, want to be friends with for, 30 40 years and yeah. to just throw that on its head uh was a great choice and yeah. glad he signed up for it it's like this what a perfect spot for you you don't need to be some elder statesman superhero yeah uh, and there's nothing wrong with that you know uh, anthony hopkins is excellent as odin right right like it totally can work but if you don't want to be part of specifically that type of you know vibe or whatnot just mm -hmm. to be uh 
a spy, a deep spy, a mole within yeah. the CIA, NSA, whatever you know branch of the government. I believe it's CIA, yeah, uh, or Shield, the equivalent thereof. Uh, yeah, it just it's got a bunch of different levels. It works as just a straight superhero film, but then you have the political espionage, Cold War era kind of vibe and layers to it, and it elevates it. Uh, I just watched the others more. But yeah, it's top five for totally me. Fair. Totally so. fair. Cool. Uh, all right. So where are we at right now? Uh, my one. Okay. If that was your deuce. Yes. Which is Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Which people in the chat already, I think they started off guess before it. we even really got into it and said, yeah. my guess is no's number one is Thor Ragnarok. Good guess. Good guess. A surprise to no one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just. Yeah. Easily the most rewatchable for me. Mm. It's a stellar film. So my number three. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, and I'm excited to have Taika back in whatever form he wants to uh, do in this. And now I'm excited for him with uh, Star Wars and yeah. any other project he wants to get into. I am looking forward to it. He got the most out of uh, Hemsworth and Hiddleston. Yeah. He really did. Just they have a camaraderie and uh, a kinship that that translates. I mean, they've had it in other ones, but mm-hmm. when Thor comes to the realization when they're in that hangar type of area that Loki's never going to change. Yeah, it was a nice build uh, up to that, and finally realizing as much as I want to project onto you what I feel you can be, I know, I know now know. That you'll never be that. Yeah, it's not in your impulse. It's not in your instincts to do it. Exactly. Uh, whereas my journey as Thor through the first three movies was coming to terms of so, and, and of course the Avengers movies or whatever. It was like experiencing this world, coming to terms with who I want to be, dealing with my dad issues, and then of course Odin's death is what is the final thing that kind of elevates Thor out of this. <laughs> thing and uh, gets him to embrace what Asgard really is right mm. and it's not until then of course and then, then of course the fight with Thanos and all that through Endgame that's all that all comes a little bit later but at this stage in Ragnarok this is what this is and it's his maturity that he's grown through the three movies that you said Matt allows him to be like you know what yeah Loki is who he is uh, and all through that nuts, uh, that nutty situation there with Jeff Goldblum on that planet and the fight with Hulk all of that uh, leads to them fighting uh, there in Asgard and all of that. And right in that moment where he just accepts him and he says, you know, I know what you are. I yeah. always know what you are now and I'm going to leave you here, but I'm going to always try to outsmart you and outwit you. Uh, and there was just a different approach uh, than he had with Loki in the past. Like the frustration with Loki in the past has now turned into an acceptance. Um, and then, and, there's there's and you can mine that you can still mine that yeah. for humor you can still mine that for conflict it's all still there just from a different more mature point of view and that was and great by accepting loki for who he is you might actually get loki to change a little bit yeah yeah a little bit yeah because yeah, yeah. he's not going to bristle against your idea of what he should be because right. in essence you're doing the parental i'm not mad at you i'm disappointed right and he'll uh push back against that he'll fuck yeah rebel so you're just like listen yeah i know you're a scumbag Mm-hmm. And now he's like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm not a full scumbag, so maybe he'll be a less scumbaggy. Uh, yeah, but uh, you brought up Jeff Goldblum. I mean, just chef's kiss edition. Mm-hmm. 
him with the the Jeff Goldblumian pauses and the little yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the interactions with him and that uh, that New Zealand actress that Taika Waititi's used in yeah. like uh, yeah, for the Wilder people yeah, yeah. Uh, she was in uh, what Stateless she's been in a bunch of different stuff she was the she's voice in- of uh, one of the voices in Soul yep yep yeah um but they're I mean. What a great choice for those two. Who in a million yeah. years would have thought of that? Right. Um, I'll, just over and over and over again. To see Thor scared when they're leading up to meeting the Grandmaster. Yeah. <laughs> You're about to meet the uh, three, two, and he starts screaming. Like, when has he shown that much fear ever? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it just comes to this banal room. Like, huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, God of Thunder. Oh. <laughs> oh, you got sparkles coming out of your fingers. <laughs> I just, I, every choice. I am a fan of, I believe, every choice in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And Tessa Thompson as well. Yeah. Was, and that's the thing that is uh, what some people sometimes forget about Taika Waititi. And I think what people subconsciously love is that amidst all the madness and the jokes and the off-color stuff and the weird humor that he finds in situations and the the vibrancy of what there's a humanity and a, a real emotional anchor to all of his movies, you know, from like even what we do in the shadows about this desire to fit into the society and what have you, there's mm-hmm. all the, in all the humor, there's still this sense of like, they're the underdogs, even though they essentially could kill people left and right as, as vampires, but they're trying to just somehow fit into this society so they can function. And you go into, uh, of course, uh, Jojo rabbit, this idea of, you know, Hitler and the Nazis and all this, and, and the kid loses his mom and what he ha- how he navigates that world and the lunacy of that world. Yeah. Uh, it is so well done, but there is still the heart in the relationship with the kid and Thomas and Mackenzie, the girl in the, in the, in the walls. And then this film as well, all for all the madness of it, that moment where Odin dies, fuck man that moment affects me every single time when he says to him you know if you've ever had any you know issues with your dad or whatever like that moment where he says to him you know i'm not as strong as you and he goes and he just stops and turns and says no you're stronger and there's levels to that because you found out that odin was a complete asshole with his daughter raping and pillaging and killing how do you think you become Yeah, exactly. But Thor is not going to do that. And that's when he says to him, you are stronger to resist the impulses to do that. You're a better person than me because you want to rule from a different perspective. And that's that's powerful, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, Carl Urban's character shouldn't work. And it does. (laughs) Kate Blanchett is Mm. so amazing. This slender woman is more menacing than a a boatload of other individuals that have supposed to be these you know over the top menacing present yeah. presences within the you know superhero films um and she's sexy as hell yeah so yeah, yeah and they, they just got a perfect balance between thor thor's journey his emotional journey the action overall yeah the, the comedy itself i i think it just has the perfect blend agreed uh, overall for me I agree. I agree. It's a great thing. Not enough to put it number one for me, but certainly enough to put it in the top three um, for sure. Um, all right. And then my number one, then I guess, is uh, Avengers Endgame, which is your three. Yep. Um, I, I just, I, I understand the argument. Oh, all these other films had to exist for this film to exist. That's fair. 
but sticking the landing is yeah. still incredibly difficult. And so what I think the Rooster brothers were able to do in Endgame, sticking that landing so fucking well to lead to that moment where Robert Downey Jr. says, I am Iron Man. It is incredible. The 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 the, the multiple nebulas, the two nebulas like arguing, you know, with each other, all mm-hmm. that you've got going on with going back in time joking about the all of that the the intelligent hulk you know professor hulk all of that throughout really works them five years later exploring the mental health and the ptsd issues that could happen to people when something like this happens even superheroes having captain america leading that group which he's getting more out of or as much out of as anybody in the group scarlett johansson and what she's negotiating with her guilt uh you know we get more a little more with captain marvel of course and then all, all everyone, how everybody is doing, and then how they're endeavoring to turn it all back. And just from the beginning, Robert Downey Jr. with Nebula and the ship, this idea of all of that, bringing it back, and then the massive, awesome fucking fight at the end that's yeah. straight out of a comic book, an annual, con- a comic book annual. Oh, Bill, that's double size. You yeah, know, Secret kind of, Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something they've built to forever, and then yeah. to pull it off. I mean, you knew they weren't dead, right? Right. But you didn't know how they were going to bring them back. Exactly. That would work overall. Right. But to see Cap cast in light and looking over across the battlefield and yep. in this ominous black wave is the opposing force. And he, you know what? I will die standing up against you. So be it. And then just the on your left still will elicit goosebumps and the hairs on the back of my neck to stand up and see them all come in. It's a gratifying feeling each and every time I watch it each and every time that is impressive. I, I, and I love all the little, as much as you know, I said earlier, I understand why the first hour of the film has to be what it is, which is them dealing with their first true colossal failure. Yeah. All of them. And I think my, favorite representation within all of that is when uh, uh, Black Widow is talking to uh, Rocket and Captain Marvel and all that early on and the uh, the the one woman from Walking Dead Oh yeah, now, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, uh, yeah Can't remember uh, her name Yeah, Denai uh, Guerrero, the actress, yeah, yeah And she was like, oh, there was a an earthquake off the coast mm-hmm. and Black Widow's like, what are we doing about that? Because she's overcorrecting Yeah they're trying to fix she's trying to fix every problem trying to stay on top of this so nothing bad happens again and she just looks her point blank she's like nothing <laughs> it's an earthquake underneath the ocean we don't do it there's we've never done anything you don't do there's nothing to do yeah exactly stop it yeah. like you gotta you have to move on yeah it's a, it's a great little piece within the script it's a nothing throwaway mm-hmm. but her just trying to now she she's felt the sand slip through her fingers and she's trying to, you know, stop it. Yeah. It's like, unfortunately that, that time has passed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Although someone pointed out and I, I didn't think about this, the snapping people back into existence. So many people would have died because we wouldn't have had the systems in place anymore to take care of that many people. Well, yeah. And you, it happens in WandaVision. You see how all these people are showing back up at the hospital who had disappeared and where are they going to go? Who's, yeah. who's, who's got uh, 
uh, rent uh, for them. Who, like, where are they going to yeah, live? Where are they going to live? How are they going to get a food? job? Right. We don't exactly. make enough food anymore for those missing three and a half billion people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's going to take time. We have to ramp up to that. I hadn't even remotely thought of that. Uh, it was like six months ago or something. I yeah. read it at some point over quarantine. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great point. Don't care. <laughs> but it's a great point. And they haven't addressed it yet fully ever in the MCU. Uh, they put, made it. They played it for laughs in, in, uh, in Far From Home. And they did try to treat it seriously in WandaVision. But you're right. But they don't address the actual um, uh, infrastructure that you would have to create in order yeah. to get three and a half billion people back and make them functioning members of society. Yeah, even if you said, okay, we'll slaughter every animal that we have right. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's still going to take time to get that to people. I mean, the possibility exists, Matt. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Nothing. I was going to say the grain will take a while, et cetera. Yeah. The possibility exists that that's how you create this um, foundation of people who don't trust the heroes, who don't trust because they got blipped and then they got brought back and now – they're struggling to uh, find a house, find a uh, find a job, find a place to live, eat, and so the anger can overtake at that point and become a foundation of people yeah. who are against the heroes. Yeah, you get yeah. another, you know, another helmet Zemo. Yeah, right, exactly, and they build an army from that. Yeah, so anything is possible. We get a, a Lex Luthor that comes out of this. And be like, <laughs> These people have too much power. It's true. Yeah, it's not a yeah. bad tack for them. Yeah. The people work. rising up against. It's always uh, possible. Yeah, with the Dinklage's character in Days of Future Past of right. we, we can't be exterminated. Right, right. Uh, all, right all right, well, there we go. Yep, there's our separate lists. Uh, and uh, if anyone has bongos, while we're putting this list together, if you want to play the bongos for us, send in your email as well, and Matt will send you the link. Uh, yeah, I've got another one. Queued up just in case for bongos, and then I can queue yeah. up more uh, if we want to bring in anybody in their two cents real quick. So, do you want to bring in Drew because we need a coin flip? Yes, we will. We will. Gate. Okay. All right. Let's bring him in. Drew ends one of our uh, one of our fans here. What's up, Drew? How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you all doing? Oh, listen to that, Mike. Oh, not too shabby. Right. Not too shabby at all. Yeah. All right. So you got your coin ready, sir? Got a coin. Um, well, well, let's get there first. We might have more coin flips. We so will let's start building the list first. I well, think. yeah, but number one is a coin flip oh, already. Fine. fine. Now, which side, now, do you have a Batman and a Superman coin, or is it heads and tails? Well, it's one that no sent to me. That's Son the- of a bitch! Perfect. I knew it. Yeah. I fucking can, can I see that? Know. What? Uh, what? What exactly did I send you? Uh, j- just a normal quarter. See that? <laughs> It, it it's really going to help us out though. So I won't tell them which way it's weighted, but you know. It's a, oh, if I sent it to you, wink. I know which side is weighted. So <laughs> right. Uh, and right, it well, costs more in postage than that is worth, and it was worth my time. Who is calling it? Am I calling it? or Are you calling it? Uh, I've never called one. So how okay. about that? Or not never, but it's rare when I call one. Fair enough. Do it. Uh, I, I'll I'll preemptively call tails. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Drew. Oh, oh yes, that that looked like the shittiest flip I've ever seen. It was because I'm trying to fit it in like this little tiny window so that you can see it, but it was heads. It is Avengers Endgame. Yes, I, 
Drew, you you destroyed a beautiful friendship before it got off the ground. (laughs) Okay. We can work it back, I think. I don't think we can. We're on Kitty Hawk about to take (laughs) off. And you're like, you ever thought about pouring kerosene on these wings? Like, no, no, I haven't. (laughs) You son of a bitch. All right. uh, So end game. And for Ragnarok, say Infinity War, I have it two, and you have that at five. Yeah. Winter Soldier, you have where? Actually, I've changed. You call you talked me um, into uh, moving it up to four. So Infinity right. War is now my four. Black Panther is my five. So then, and where? So I would say it goes Infinity War, then Winter Soldier. Oh, because that's your two. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's fair. So Avengers game, Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, Winter Soldier. Correct. Okay. All right. Then let's see. We both have Guardians, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Civil War, Homecoming. So we don't have Black Panther or Avengers. Right, right. Uh, let's see. We have might be the flip. Guardians at four and I have, six. I have it at six, yes. All right. So Guardians next. Well, doing this logic, I'd say then Guardians, Doctor Strange, Iron Man. Okay. I can live with that. Okay. And then what? Civil War or Homecoming? Where are we at now? Eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, I'd say probably Civil War. Civil War's my seven. So it's and yeah. Homecoming's yeah. my ten our my our tens, right? It's homecoming. Yeah. All right, so we got the final one to so Drew. Oh. And once again. Drew Eds, here we go. One and ten, Drew. Let's see. Let's see it, buddy. Are, are you calling it again or do I call go it? Go for this? it. Go for it. Oh, all right. Uh heads again. It was a much better flip. And it is heads again. Oh, yes. Black Panther. Put the Black Panther on the list. I'm so sorry. I agree with you, by the way. Oh, oh sure you do. Yeah. Thank you. That's the nice parting gift that you get. <laughs> oh, first place won a million dollars. You get a handshake. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Just because I'm breaking up with you doesn't mean I don't love you as a person. Exactly. It's not you. High school. It's not you. It's me. Uh, well, thank you, Drew. I appreciate it. Uh, you got anything to plug before we let you go? Uh, just Twitter at Drew Ends, but love you all. And thank you for doing this live. It's so exciting to be able to catch it live. So yeah, are, you, are, are you, are you going to be down to be watching this consistently if we start doing it twice a month? Yeah, I've actually blocked it out of my schedule. I had a 3 o'clock oh. evening. Oh! Now put three o'clock, five o'clock uh, Eastern yeah. time on my calendar. So I'm down. Oh, perfect. That's perfect. Works. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Roka, you can just ask me to come and do the coin toss every time. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. it. Uh, I'm going to talk to Streamyard and get your email address barred from being able to access the site. So uh, Nose just found his new nemesis. Babry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh man, East Coast, you say that narrows it down. Let me just grab my knife. (laughs) Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it madly, man. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, man. Good seeing you. That's great. That's great. Uh, No one sent their email in to do the bongo, so I guess I'll have to do it, Matt. I guess I'll have to. Yeah, well, it's it's more of a niche. Everybody's got a coin. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. 
And next time we can bring in somebody different for the coin. That was fun, though. They're not that expensive, guys. You can buy a couple of bongos. All right. And thank you to Jonathan Golden Eyes again for getting us these bongos years ago. And they have endured and stood the test of time. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's do it. The top 10 movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. All right. Here we go. At number 10. Black Panther. At number nine. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. At number eight. Captain America Civil War. At number seven. Iron Man. At number six. Doctor Strange. At number five. Guardians of the Galaxy. At number four. Captain America the Winter Soldier. At number three. Infinity War. And our deuce. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. And our number one Marvel Cinematic Universe movie is... Is Avengers Endgame. Hey, oh, Marvel's Avengers Endgame. Uh, There we go. Nice. Good lists. I think some great movies we've talked about are uh, one over uh, uh, that we haven't talked about, sorry, in quite some time, Matt. That's for sure. And yeah, it was nice uh, to to do MCU again, to talk about the the full breadth and scope of everything they've done uh, in the interim in the three, four years since we did a full show devoted just to that. Um, And yeah, thanks to everybody that showed up in the chat. Uh, There's a ton of, a ton of people. And the nice thing is for, I I personally, I feel like for a trial run, that was was pretty damn successful. I agree. It was a lot of fun and it's great to bring people in and hear their comments. And Matt and I don't, don't fret. Matt and I were reading your comments as the show was going along. So we brought in certain ones that were fun to talk about. Uh, And so we hope you all had a good time and maybe you'll be uh, coming back to visit us again when we do it live again in a couple of weeks. And remember, if you've got friends who are interested or friends who are $1 or $5 patrons, remind them or let them know this is happening as a perk for the $10 and above patrons to remind them to up their uh, contribution if they can. And uh, this is one of the benefits that they're going to get. Yeah, we thoroughly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody that uh, joined us today. And for those of you uh, listening on uh, Tuesday or watching on Tuesday, why, hello. Hello. Uh, you can see the chat. I, I believe it posts on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, along with the show as it's going. And yeah. thanks to everybody that uh, joined us today. And I think we're looking forward to the next one of these. A boatload of book fun. And Bobby Carney for helping us out on the, you, uh, the the back end of this. Yeah. And next week we'll be doing our boss hog topic and you get your shout outs and, uh, yeah, it's technically it'll land on the second of next month, but it's yeah, February's the shortest month, and uh, it's the way it worked out. That's the way it goes. It's, it's the, the way, way it worked out this time. Exactly, exactly. It, you know, it takes a couple of weeks to get the topics all dialed in, and then uh, Bing Bang Boom, and then uh, uh, Colson is coming up uh, middle of next month, so he's going to guess, and we've already got the topic lined up for that. So we're looking forward to having him on, and uh, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out Settle the Score, and if you're into basketball, NBA, uh, dropping dimes. And if you want to join us on this in the future, go to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10.
That's right. That's what you get. That's so great stuff. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. You can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And, hey, if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, uh, just to let you know, we do have a YouTube channel. We keep plugging it all the way through this thing. You can watch us do anything that we do uh, on the top 10 on camera if you go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. So give us some love there. It's monetized now. So the more subscribers, the more views, the more likes, all the comments, all of that helps to the visibility of the show. So remember to share this show as well. It's a Marvel Cinematic Universe show. So I imagine that this is a great one to share because a lot of your friends and family will be into it. Maybe even random strangers who follow you on your social media will be into finding out what we consider the top 10 MCU movies at this stage in the MCU universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And you can uh, go into my YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash John Roca says we've been uh, killing it with those WandaVision reviews. So come on over. If you want to hear the geek buddies with guest, special guest, Emma Fife breaking those WandaVision episodes down. Um, all right, that's it. We're out of here. Thanks everybody for joining us for this live episode. And we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of the top 10. Ooh.